Once again, my friend, and welcome to another exciting edition of Brother Chuck's podcast from the Church of Common Sense and the sins that will do you in. For the week ending October 7th, 2023, the first official full week of October, fall is here. We start off this week's podcast with a brand new offering from the uh, Brother Chuck Listening Lounge called Are We Having Fun Yet? 
<laughs> we'll have that one up on Facebook for you for too long. And who knows, we might even have it in iTunes. But I might wait on that one. I might pitch it to my buddy Ray Stevens and uh, pass that by him, see if that's one he might have an interest in recording. Speaking of which, a little bit later on in this podcast, we're going to go back and revisit one of my old hits for Ray Stevens that we put out in 2015, Taylor Swift is Stalking Me, as you probably have heard, seen. Uh, if you haven't been under a rock somewhere and not looked at a piece of media, uh, Taylor Swift is all the rage because she attended an NFL game with a tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs, Travis Kelsey. So then the question beckons, uh, did Taylor Swift save the NFL? We'll get to that in just a little bit. And a little bit later on in the podcast, we'll explore Elon Musk and find out what's going on with him. And ask the question, can Elon Musk do for immigration what Taylor Swift did for the NFL? <laughs> it's all coming up for you here. And speaking of the NFL, our old buddy and fearless traffic reporter, I Be High in the Sky, will join us about 30 minutes into the podcast to talk about his predictions for the NFL this week. You know, he's been doing this for, uh, well, actually 30 years now. He started in 1982, uh, actually 40 years, that's right. Yeah, 40 years now. So he started in 1982 doing uh, predictions for the NFL, and uh, this will be his 40 uh, first year to do so it is 2023 wow where is this year going by the way so we got a lot going on we'll jump right into the sins that will do you in and begin our countdown with sin number five so we'll kick off our countdown of the sins that will do you in with sin number five which is the sin of pride this week you've heard the old saying pride goeth before the fall well there is no prouder group on earth than the national football league Oh, yes, the NFL is proud of the influence that they have had over Americans. They're proud to have associated themselves with do-gooder causes and proud to have said, we're nice guys despite the fact that we play a child's game and get paid millions of dollars to endorse products so you can see our face for a few hours on TV once a week. Yes, pride. It's all over the NFL. So... You've got to be wondering how they feel about the fact that after taking a downturn in ratings for the past several years, as well as advertising revenue from products and mainstream advertisers that refuse to advertise on professional football games due to the take-a-knee epidemic, uh, which happened a few years ago, You've got to wonder if the NFL is kind of uh, sucking it up now that they have been brought back to life and resuscitated by a leggy blonde scoring hits on the pop music charts by the name of Taylor Swift. And that beckons us to ask the question here at the Church of Common Sense. Did Taylor Swift save the NFL? I don't know I'd go that far. But she definitely breathed life back into it and brought the ratings back to where they were pre-Colin Kaepernick days, if not sent them skyrocketing to all-time highs. Fox Sports had to be giddy when it was announced that Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey invited Taylor Swift to a football game at Arrowhead Stadium, and she said, okay, and then showed up. 
if you watched any of that game, and even if you didn't watch any of that game, you couldn't help but notice that they were showing almost as much of Taylor Swift in the Travis Kelsey family box as they were the actual play on the field. And by the way, that turned out to be a whopping ratings bonanza for Fox, which had that game on national television, drawing over 24 million viewers. 24.3 million people tuned in to see the Chiefs wallop the hapless Chicago Bears 41-10 to recently, making it the most watched NFL game on any network for week three. Nobody was happier than the New York Jets, even though they knew they would probably get a butt kicking because they knew that ticket prices were going to pay through the roof when it was announced that Ms. Swift would be attending the following week's game between the Chiefs and the Jets in the nation's largest city. And she did. But has Taylor Swift breathed life into the NFL where it was almost on life support following its embarrassing debacle of catering to Colin Kaepernick when he took a knee on the field during the national anthem and then several other players, some of color, some of not, decided to do the same, saying it was in support of Kaepernick's efforts to uh, bring attention to the fact that uh, police brutality was going on in the United States. You know, prior to that, the NFL had done pretty good every October, which it is now, by donning the pink ribbons and the pink socks and the pink sneakers and the pink uniforms and whatever to show their support for women and breast cancer awareness. It all started way back when, if I recall correctly, when Kurt Warner, a famous quarterback for the St. Louis Rams, who took them to the Super Bowl, by the way, and later wound up ending his career with the Arizona Cardinals, uh, his wife, I, as I recall now, I, I had to do some research on this, was suffering breast cancer, and uh, he brought attention to the fact, and then all of a sudden the NFL said, let's get behind this. Well, it was a great thing to do. But then, as quickly as they did a good thing, they turned around and made fools out of themselves and brought to the attention that these multi-million dollar spoiled babies in shoulder pads were trying to get attention to themselves during the most famous song in America, the National Anthem. Well, that seems to be a non-issue anymore now that Taylor Swift is going to the games. The Swifties don't care about that. All they want to do is see Taylor on TV. This following the thousands, maybe millions by now, that recently showed up for her concerts on her most recent tour. Since Taylor showed up, there's been a 400% spike in jersey sales for Travis Kelsey's Kansas City Chiefs jersey. His podcast was ranked number one that week on Apple. He added 380,000 Instagram followers in one week. We mentioned the 24-plus million viewers that tuned in, making it the number one game of the week, and a 63% jump in female viewers between the ages of 18 to 49, which previously the NFL had been unable to secure, even with their catering to female issues like breast cancer. 
Chief searches on the web went up tremendously. StubHub said that Chiefs sold more tickets in a single day since the start of the season when it was announced that Taylor would be there. And the New York Jets benefited with all-time high ticket sales when Taylor announced she would be in the booth, and she followed up. Now, it's going to be interesting to see this week. As I say, this podcast is ending on the week of the 7th, and the Chiefs are going to Minnesota. So the question is, will Taylor go to Minnesota? Will she be seen in Prince Wonderland in the land of purple up there? Well, we'll wait and see. Uh, as of the time we're recording this, I don't think she said. But to add insult to injury, while the Jets were going gaga over the fact that they were going to have Taylor Swift in the house, probably and get beat since they lost their starting quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, uh, um, Colin Kaepernick has been dissed tremendously by the Jets. You see... At the start of the year, the Jets were picked the team to beat in the AFC because they had acquired longtime veteran Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers. Cut him a multi-million dollar deal, and just a few plays into the season, he tore his Achilles, and he was out. They said possibly for the season. They say now he may come back sooner than they thought. He's been on the sidelines for the last couple of games, and of course he was on the sidelines last week because Taylor Swift was in the house. (laughs) But while all this is going on, Colin Kaepernick, the knee-taking, half-black, half-white, don't-know-what-he-is, Mr. GQ Man of the Year quarterback, who really wasn't that good when he played for the San Francisco 49ers, wrote a letter to the manager and the ownership of the New York Jets begging for a job with the team. He didn't even want to be the starting quarterback, didn't even care if he dressed out. He just wanted a little bit of attention. He sent a letter asking to be on the quarterback, on, on, on the practice squad, the, the quarterback for the practice squad. Now, Kaepernick is 35 years old. In his letter to Joe Douglas, the general manager of the Jets, uh, it was shared on Instagram with his permission by his friend, a rap artist named Jay Cole. Kaepernick went on to say if he was signed to the practice squad, he'd be able to provide the team's defense with a better opportunity to prepare against a quarterback was more mobile. He has not played, however, in seven years. Kaepernick hasn't played in the NFL since 2016 after his refusal to stand for the national anthem, uh, uh, protesting police brutality, supposedly, and racial injustice. Well, He's been Mr. GQ. He's been Mr. Talked About. Now he's Mr. Hasman. And the Jets said, uh, no, thank you. So how's that got to make good old Colin Kaepernick feel? Dissed for Taylor Swift. They welcome Taylor Swift with open arms. Colin Kaepernick, meh, not so much. <laughs> it beckons one to ask, has Taylor Swift single-handedly brought the NFL back to life and given them an all-time high popularity that they haven't had since the days of Joe Namath when he was standing on the sidelines wearing a fur-length mink coat. (laughs) Well, that said, our song to celebrate this sin of pride, kicking off the week's countdown of the sins that will do you in, is a rebirth of a song itself that yours truly created for Ray Stevens back in 20. 15, actually 2014. I'll give you the quick story. During the Christmas season in 2014, I was in a drugstore shopping, and I heard the old tune by Ray Stevens, Santa Claus is watching you. As I'm hearing that song, I'm looking around, and it's not Santa Claus that's watching me. Every magazine on the stand had Taylor Swift's face on it. She was extremely hot back then. 
So I created a parody song of Ray Stevens' famous classic and said, hey, why don't you do Taylor Swift is stalking me? Well, Ray liked the idea. He didn't want to parody his own song. So he changed the tune up with the famed songwriter Buddy Cobb, took some of my words, added some of his own, turned it around a little bit, and put it in the context of a guy that was losing his marbles, thinking that Taylor Swift was stalking him. If you want to check this out, Ray's version is on his website, on his YouTube page, RayStevens.com. But I thought, you know, it might be a good time to bring back that song, which, by the way, thanks to you, went all the way to the top of the comedy charts back in 2015 in March when we released it and, uh, and, and did pretty well and is still doing pretty well on YouTube. But I got to thinking, you know, maybe it's time to re- redo that song with a few updates since Taylor's had a few more hits since we put it out in 2015. And with all the uh, talk and jibber-jabber going on about Miss Swift these days, it just might be time to bring it back to life. So enjoy that, and then we'll be back with our countdown of the top sins that will do you in here on the Church of Common Sense and our weekly edition. Well, I bet she's in the yard again. Gonna have to call the cops. She follows me everywhere I go. I can't make her stop. I swear I believe she's been inside my house when I'm not home. It's about to drive me crazy. Let me tell you what's going on. Taylor Swift is stalking me. Taylor Swift is stalking me. She follows me everywhere I go. I can't make you see. I bet she's eating out there now in that tall pine tree With a pair of night vision goggles focused right on me It's true Taylor Swift is stalking me I told her I knew you were trouble While you're only 22 she said, you belong with me, and I'm only me when I'm with you. Then she told the world our love story. She wrote our song. Then she turned me and said, there's nobody cold as you. And I told her, it's moving on. Taylor Swift is stalking me. Taylor Swift is stalking me. Oh, she's everywhere I go, but I can't make them see. But she's out there right now in that tall pine tree with a pair of night vision goggles focused right on me. Oh, I know Taylor Swift is stalking me. Yeah, I can't believe it's true. I'm being stalked by a superstar. I know it's me and not Tim McGraw that put the teardrops on her guitar. She's all over my TV screen on the cover of every magazine. Her face fills up every blank space. Yes, this has gone too far. Taylor Swift is stalking me. Taylor Swift is stalking me. Oh, everywhere I go, her face I see. I bet she's out there in the backyard up in that tall pine tree with a pair of night vision goggles focused right on me. Can't you see? Taylor Swift is stalking me. 
that's all right. I finally sent her a message in a bottle. I said, Taylor, it'll be a cruel summer before I'm your anti-hero. We are never, ever, 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 ever getting back together. And you'll never find another like me. Besides, I hear she's got a new guy now. Some guy named Kelsey or Karma or something. What? That's not her in that pine tree? It's a hootie owl. Oh. <laughs> oh, well. Guess I'll just shake it off. We will continue with our countdown of the sins that will do you in here on the Church of Common Sense Weekly Podcast in just a little bit. We're up to sin number four when we return. But for those of you that have listened to Brother Chuck over the years, you know that one of our regular uh, guests on the show is fearless traffic reporter and prognosticator on football games, I.B. High in the Sky, who just happens to be with us today to offer his thoughts on uh, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, and week number five. Well, Chucky, baby, as we start this week's predictions, by the time a lot of people hear this one, the first game will already be out of the way. But just so you know, I.B., who went 12-4 and last week. Mm -hmm. Not bad. (laughs) Picked the Washington Commodores to beat the Chicago Bears. That's Commanders. Yeah, the game's in D.C., Mm -hmm. and the Bears are 0-4. And even though that won't be the most exciting thing going on in D.C., uh, well, (laughs) it will be exciting for the Commodores. Commanders. The Commanders. Yes. The Commodores. Whatever they're called these days. Washington's probably going to win on Thursday night. All right, then. Then we move on to Sunday. Sunday. Yes, indeed. We got another Jacksonville Jaguar game. Mm -hmm. And I believe, Chucky, that they are over there once again across the pond. Yes, they are. As they were a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. This time, though, they got to take on the Buffalo Bills. Right, right. Bills coming into this one three and one. Jaguars two and two. Mm -hmm. IB says there's no home field advantage here, but give a slight nudge to the Buffalo Bills who'll be playing better every week. All right, then. Now on to the rest of the game. Okay. Atlanta, Houston, both coming in at 2-2. Two and two, But mm-hmm. Houston's on the upswing right now. Put your money on the Texans. All right, Houston. Detroit Lions, Panthers. This one's in Motown. Lions looking good. 3-1. and one. Yeah. Give them a 4-1 and one after this one. Okay. Indy Colts, Tennessee Titans. What are you buying? Battle of the AFC North there. Yeah. I put my money on Tennessee. Really? Indy's a home team, but, you know, they ain't got to travel too far, the Titans don't. They be looking better every week, too. All right, then. Now, and the New York Giants. Yeah. The Finns took it on the Finn. I was going to say took it on the chin, but since it often ain't got no chin, they took it on the Finn last week. <laughs> I got it. Against a, a very tough team uh, that we knew they was going to take it on the chin uh, against, and that's to give the Buffalo Bills. Right, right. But nonetheless, Miami back at home, mm-hmm. and I say they will win over the hapless New York Giants there. Okay, then. New England Patriots, New Orleans Saints. What do you think? At home in New England, yeah. give this one to the Patriots. All right, then. Indeed, the black and gold going to suffer a loss here. All right, then. In the meantime, though, Pittsburgh Steelers at home against the Baltimore Ravens. Not quite so lucky. Give that one to Lamar and the gang. They'll run their record to 4-1. Ravens. Rams and the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Eagles, what are two teams undefeated? Right. And they will stay that way after this game. Eagles, the Fiston team, over the L.A. Rams in L.A. Philadelphia. Then. Cardinals, yep. Cincinnati Bungles. <laughs> Boy, the Bungles has got problems. Oh, yeah. Paul Durburo, he's learned what it's like to really be in the NFL after a couple years. Right. One and three goes to one and four, and the Arizona Cardinals sneak away at home with win number two after this week, I.B. says. All right, then. Broncos under Sean Payton. 
probably says he should have stayed uh, in, either in retirement or with the Saints. <laughs> Nonetheless, he'll be a little bit better this week. He takes on the uh, New York Jets there, uh, mile high, and then but give win number two to the Broncos. I'll save that. All right, we're going to come back to the Chiefs and Vikings in just a second because I want to talk about that a little bit more. In the meantime, though, mm-hmm. the other 4-0 team out by the base, yep. San Francisco, yep. gets to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah, and after what the Cowboys did with Arizona, mm-hmm. I.B. says another trip to the West Coast will not be a happy one for them. Look oh. for the San Francisco 49ers to remain 5-0 and huh. and beat uh, Dak and the Cowboys. All right, then. Meanwhile, the Monday night game, mm-hmm. Las Vegas Raiders, the Green Bay Packers taking place in Vegas. Yeah. If you're a betting person, mm-hmm. put your money on the Vegas Raiders there. Really? Las Vegas? Now, mm. back to the game that everybody's talking about. Really? Not because it's going to be that great a game, right. but because the Kansas City Chiefs are going on the road playing the Minnesota Vikings. Right. Will this be three for three? What do you mean? And what I mean by three for three, uh-huh. uh, I'm not talking about a Chiefs win. I mean, will Taylor Swift show up again <laughs> to root on Travis Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs? Oh, my. First week was easy. Yeah. She was in Kansas City, got yeah. invited by Travis to sit in the family. Box. Right. Last week was just as easy because she was in New York around her superiors and her peers and things like that, playing the Jets. It's easy to say, you know, just walk over a few steps from Broadway. I got it. This week, though, mm. it's Minnesota. Right. And since Prince is no longer with us, all right now, Taylor's got no excuse to go there other than to see Travis Kelsey. <laughs> okay. So if Taylor Swift goes to the game this weekend, uh huh. I.B. will say it's a real show enough thing. You think so, huh? But in the meantime, look for the Chiefs to come home and win number four after this one because the Vikings are horrible. Oh, yes, they are. That's what we got for you. Uh-huh. I.B.'s look at things football-wise uh-huh. for week number five in the NFL. In the NFL, <laughs> huh? Okay, very good. Y'all have a lovely weekend. <laughs> I.B. high in the sky. You should be, too. Yes. Awesome. My Japanese speaking Chinese pilot. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Our countdown of the top five sins that will do you in this week moves on with sin number four, deception, and an excerpt from our Keep Them Young and Dumb Vials. That's what the government wants, by the way. And it seems to be working pretty well. Now, there are lots of Internet scams out there. Possibly one of the most popular these days is getting people to invest in crypto. You've seen all of the do's and don'ts about crypto investment, whether it's Bitcoin and how it shot way up and then tumbled and now it's on the way back up again. And Folks just automatically suspect that those affected are probably the elderly looking for a way to pad to their retirement income. Specifically, 50-plus-year-old men being taken advantage of by young, hot-looking Latino, Asian, or European women offering to be, quote-quote, your friend. And then once they become, quote-quote, your friend and you exchange a few emails or texts or whatever, uh, they say, hey, by the way, have you thought about investing in Bitcoin. (laughs) The classic online con is notorious for swindling the elderly and seniors out of retirement money, but it turns out 
that Gen Z, yes, that's right, the younger folks are more likely than baby boomers to fall for the Internet scam, according to a new report. In a survey of more than 2,000 Americans nationwide, the report found that despite being the generation born and bred in the bowels of the World Wide Web, Generation Z is three times as likely as baby boomers to fall for an online scam and twice as likely to get hacked on social media. The reason? Do the math. Younger people spend an exceptional amount of time online, either communicating, posting photos, or shopping. That automatically gives them more opportunities to fall victim to a suspicious Instagram account promising massive crypto returns or a fraudulent e-commerce site posing as a retailer for your favorite sneakers where you can buy them real cheap. And even trying to live in the moment, today's youth can't help but be chronically online. Half of the 11 to 17-year-old age group say they get anywhere from 250 to up to 5,000 cell phone notifications a day. A day! Almost all of which are social media alerts. Scam losses are on the rise. Last year, the con artists on the internet made about 210 million off just people under the age of 20. Now that's up from the last measured year, which was 2017, which was 8.2 million. So think about that. In 2017, folks under 20, the Gen Z crowd got scammed for about $8.2 million. And meanwhile, Last year, it was $210 million. Of course, you can always set up a GoFundMe page, I guess, to recoup your losses. <laughs> Say, hey, I was stupid. Can you help a brother out? But it beckons the question, has the Gen X generation and the Gen Z generation gotten to the point where they don't give a crap? Or they don't give a crap where they crap generation. <laughs> Consider this. Sleepy Hollow Farm in Vermont has not been what you'd call very sleepy lately. Sleepy Hollow Farm, the picturesque private residence, has become so infested with tourists visiting to see the leaves change color and influencers visiting to take pictures of the leaves change color and post on their Instagram or Snapchat accounts. The small town of about 900 people is now kicking out tourists. Residents say in the recent years, visitors in pursuit of the perfect fall foliage photo have damaged roads, they've trampled the gardens, and some have even been caught and videoed defecating on private property. So the little town of 900 or so, locals got together and decided they would close a couple of roads 
to non-residents through the middle of October. The Instagram fuel desecration has gotten so bad it has changed the entire landscape. And speaking of GoFundMe, the town has set up a GoFundMe page to fund the closures <laughs> and put the money in that the tourists would have brought. <laughs> so there you go. The young and dumb crowd. And remember, it's all about the sin of deception. The government right now is having meetings with the FCC about what to do about social media. Well, here's the bottom line. They're not going to do anything about it because they've let it get out of control. They, they didn't police social media in the first place because they didn't think it would last, number one. And then number two, it got too big for them to police. You know, let's face it. The social media giants like Google and Meta have launched so many platforms the folks at the FCC, which govern broadcast facilities like radio stations and TV stations and your beloved cell phones, don't have a clue as to how to get it under control. So they've just decided we'll just allow the younger generation, which does most of the using of these devices, to be young and dumb, and the problem will take care of itself. <laughs> Deception, one of the sins that will do you in here. And I am Brother Chuck, of course from the pulpit of the Church of Common Sense. Oh, if we can only keep them young and dumb, and dumb. They won't have no idea what's to come Up on us they'll depend So they'll vote us in again and again If we can only keep them young and dumb, young and dumb. on a star and if they go to college well they can take that knowledge and control folks dumber than they are then one day when they look around they'll find they're in a class all by themselves when no one will hire them cause they ain't learn nothing we'll be the only ones who can help if we only keep them young and dumb They won't have no idea what's to come Upon us they'll depend So they'll vote us in again and again If we can only keep them young and dumb Young and dumb, yeah. Young and dumb, yeah. And by all means make sure they keep a breeding The more the better headed to the cold while we're eating steak and potatoes yum, yum, yum. We'll throw them the occasional roll All they can sit around thinking bang We'll get better and we'll keep a promise and they will While we take their money to keep us in power And they don't know who's paying the bills If we can only keep them young and dumb What's to come? Upon us they'll depend So they'll vote us in again and again If we can only keep them young and dumb If we can only keep them young and dumb They won't have no idea what's to come Upon us they'll depend And they'll vote us in again and again 
can only keep them young and dumb. If we can only keep them young and dumb. We continue with our podcast for the week ending October 7th, 2023, and the Church of Common Sense, Brother Chuck here, as we count down the top five sins that will do you in. You know them well. Of the seven sins that will do you in, there's ignorance, arrogance, pride, deception, greed, apathy, and laziness. And we always start off the sins with the sin of ignorance because if you don't know no better, you won't get no better. These days... The big topic where ignorance is concerned is social media. And you can't be ignorant about the effect of social media today. Believe me, the government is not. They finally have decided they need to do something about it. But on the subject of ignorance today, from the Church of Common Sense, we're going to talk about social media suicide. Are you or have you already committed are you committing or have you committed social media suicide? There's a very good chance you have. We'll talk about that in just a second. In the meantime, how far has it gone? Well, it's all the way up to the Supreme Court. That's right. The Supreme Court of the United States will weigh in on social media moderation, specifically two states that decided they have to do something about it. That is the state of Texas and the state of Florida. The Supreme Court says they will decide probably by mid-June whether or not Florida and Texas laws on the books barring social media companies from taking down posts or banning users based on their viewpoints actually are a violation of the First Amendment. These laws in Florida and Texas and others like them are generally supported by the Republican lawmakers And the reason that the Republican lawmakers give is they claim the companies usually favor a liberal outlook. So when the state gets involved and jumps in, they say, listen, this basically allows us to take down something uh, that the companies would allow to defame someone else. Meanwhile, the big tech companies, Meta, Google Chat, Twitter, which is now called X, insists that these laws are actually interfering with their ability to combat misinformation and hate speech. Ah, so who determines what is hate speech? Well, right now, it's basically the big companies. Now, here's how the companies get away with this. It's not necessarily free speech because you're paying to be on the Internet. You you may not be paying Facebook or Meta. You know their famous slogan, it's free and it always will be. Despite the 15 ads you see per social media post, it's still free. You don't have to pay for it. But And so is Twitter, by the way. But then again, is it really? Because you see, and this is going to be kind of a sticky widget to this whole thing, in the anti-social media world, to, ex- to access 
either your Google Chat, Snapchat, uh, what's a new one out there, Telegram, uh, Meta, Instagram, whatever, you have to have a device. I know what you're saying. Oh, not necessarily. You got to go down to, you can go down to the local library. Well, no, not really. You can get on the internet at the local library, but you can't get on things like Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Twitter, whatever, X, or your your favorite uh, 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 Facebook meta messaging platform. But have you already possibly committed social media suicide? Now, here's the reason I say this. We all like to have fun on social media. When all this began back in 2007, 8, 9, and Zuck rolled out the Facebook form, we all got in touch with our old classmates we haven't seen or talked to in 30, 40 years from high school. Hey, what you doing? Looking good. Then we all decided it would be cute to post old photographs of ourselves. We got in touch with long-lost relatives who had moved away from the home city and we're living in foreign states or foreign countries now. Not, not foreign states, but living in other states and foreign countries. And it was fun. It was a connection, and we all had a big time. Then came the election of 2008, and the younger crowd decided to use Facebook to get, and believe me, the Democrats knew this, to get Obama elected. And that's fine until... 2016 rolled around, and by then, someone who was 25 years old and started using Facebook was now 33. Somebody that was 40 was 48, and most likely a supporter of the Republican Party or Donald Trump at the time, and they decided to use Facebook, Meta as it's now called, for their own purpose, and it worked well. Facebook, Meta has now become the choice venue for the over 50 crowd. So that being said, have you already committed social media to suicide by not even posting anything like a crazy picture? I remember when this first came out, I chastised my daughter because I wasn't on it yet, and she was, and she showed me pictures of herself in various stages of intoxication. And I said to her, honey, you know, you, you better watch it. Your boss is liable to see that. She was quick to point out that in that same picture, even more intoxicated than she was her boss. Yeah, I get it. We post these crazy pictures. We post jokes. We post our political opinions. And even though, and believe me, when I worked for the big company, which was known as iHeartRadio, and before that, Clear Channel, we endorsed these uh, platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and things like that. At the same time, when it came time that we had to find ourselves in a position of dismissing an employee, you know, we asked, could we hold back severance pay or separation pay if they said something unkind about us on social media? Well, the powers that be in our uh, human resources department said, no, that's free speech. They can say whatever they want to. At the same time, while you're not supposed to use someone's comments or their memes that they post or their jokes that they post on social media to withhold a promotion or a job offer from them, let's face it, people do. These days, once you apply for a job or a position or a promotion, 
You know, they want to know your social media platforms. They want to look at them. They want to look at your LinkedIn account. They want to know if you have a Facebook page. And even if you, your name is, is, is John Brown and your Facebook moniker is Long Dong Johnny 63 they'll find it. There's a way to search and find it. And if you posted an unflattering meme of uh, a certain class of people or race of people or uh, the president, if you are not a Biden supporter and you posted that online, believe me, that will play into whether or not you get the job. It may help you. At the same time, you know, people may look at it and say, oh, my goodness, we can't have this person working here. Look at this horrible attitude. Media companies are horrible for it. Uh, media, media companies are the most hypocritical companies that exist. There's one company that prides themselves on having several contemporary Christian media outlets and loving the Lord and loving free speech and things like that. Uh, but if you say something that they think is out of line, that doesn't fit with their quote, quote, core values of their company. That's it. You see, well, we'd hire you, but, you know, we, we've, we've seen some things on social media that just don't fit in with our core values. And even if they don't say that, which they're, believe it or not, not supposed to, it plays into the fact that, of whether or not they hire you or promote you. So just know that going forward. And don't be ignorant of the fact, watch everything that you post. Even if somebody posts a funny meme about Joe Biden being incompetent and a, a, a blubbering blob, and all you do is like it, that could play a role in whether or not you get the next job you want or the next promotion. Don't be ignorant of committing social media suicide. It is one of the big things that could be holding you back today. Brother Chuck here from the Church of Common Sense and the pulpit of the anti-social media. Now Mary went down to the grocery store, not sporting her best look. Ran into a friend who decided to send out a post on her Facebook. Then with a share, share here and a share, share there, soon that picture was everywhere. Why, a hundred people saw it before Mary was aware. Her picture had even been took. This is the age of anti-social media. Yeah, the look at me, here I am. Got your world high technology. Everything you do, everywhere you go. Everybody thinks they need to know It's welcome to the future and so long privacy Yeah, it's point and click just that quick On the web it goes Then from Japan to Pakistan They can see you pick your nose Anything that you do Can wind up on YouTube Making you the star of your very own reality TV show. This is the age of anti-social media. Yeah, the look at me, here I am. Got your world of high technology. Everything you do, everywhere you go. Everybody thinks they need to know. It's a welcome to the future and goodbye privacy. Now listen, I know the internet's a good invention. 
I just don't believe it was the intention of the greatest minds of our day for it to be used this way. We got six-year-olds getting on Twitter, trashing their babysitter. Hey, before you do it, better think twice. Look around for a mobile device. Because <laughs> this is the age of anti-social media. Yeah, the look at me, here I am, got your world of high technology. Everything you do, everywhere you go, everybody thinks they need to know it's welcome to the future and goodbye privacy. Cause this is the age of anti-social media. Yeah, the look at me, here I am, got your world of high technology. Everything you do, everywhere you go, everybody thinks they need to know it's welcome to the future and goodbye privacy. It's welcome to the future and goodbye privacy. You can't even walk around naked no more anyway. Nobody had this back in the 70s. That whole streaking thing probably would have Brother Chuck here from the pulpit of a church of common sense with our countdown of the sins that will do you in. We're up to sin number two now, and this week, occupying that slot is the sin of greed. And helping the sin of greed out this week is AI, artificial intelligence. Alexa, Siri, Google, whatever you use, it's, it's everywhere out there. It's becoming more and more of a problem because it has managed to maneuver itself into a position where it can control people. <laughs> That's right. Your computer is controlling you. Now, I'm not making this up. You know about spam, of course. We've had that since the get-go. It started with the direct mail pieces, mailing you stuff that you just threw into the garbage pails. I remember... Well, I first went to the post office, and there was a garbage can right by the front door so you could throw your junk mail into it without even having to look at it. And I wondered back then how many thousands of dollars got wasted every day with people mailing out stuff that never even got viewed. Well, then that came over with the Internet. I, I can't tell you at least... Once or twice a week now, in my email spam folder, I find messages from dead people wanting me to take a look at something. I'm not kidding. People that I know have been dead, and I see their name. I say, oh, wow, somebody's reaching out to me from beyond the grave. Not so much. Well, now it's AI. You might have, in the past couple of weeks, gotten a video on your device with Forrest Gump, a.k.a. Tom Hanks, Promoting a dental plan. <laughs> or somebody bragging about you being able to get an iPhone for $2. Tom Brady, who probably wishes his FTX ad was a deep fake, threatened to sue the creators of a 
stand-up special made with an AI-generated version of his voice and likeness earlier this year. Yeah. Meanwhile, Tom Hanks just went on YouTube warning his fans that clips making the rounds on social media are what we call AI deep fake. What an AI deep fake is, it is a likeness of someone created without their consent. And this, by the way, is just a tiny taste of how the tech industry can now animate celebrity faces, put words in their mouths, and make them sound just like it's them saying it when they had nothing to do with it. The late Robin Williams' daughter, Zelda, posted on Instagram over the weekend. She's disturbed because attempts to recreate actors pitching things have now affected her because her late father's likeness is being used to push things. Then, of course, Robin's been gone for several years. The issue of restricting the use of these deep fake creations has been a central sticking point in the negotiation between the SAG-AFTRA union and the Hollywood studios because actors worry their employers could replace them with new animated versions of their avatars. Why spend millions on Tom Hanks or Sandra Bullock or whoever if you can create something that looks and sounds just like them and doesn't give you the hassle that most actors do when you're trying to film a movie with them? Yeah. Artificial intelligence was an issue in the recently negotiated contract that ended this strike by the TV and film writers The agreement limits the extent to which producers can use artificial intelligence to generate contents that would replace the work of human prose. Recently, I got an email. It was kind of fun. One of my former uh, co-workers sent me a song. He said, hey, I wrote you a song. I was truly impressed. I I didn't know he had that kind of talent. It turns out uh, he didn't. He fessed up and he said, listen, I didn't do that. He said, I had AI do it. He also had AI construct a song for him that I put the music to, and it turned out pretty good. I had to change very little of it. So that's just showing you how far this artificial intelligence thing has come. Now, listen, I'm not saying that I'm totally against it because it's very, very useful. Today there's a service which you can contract, and you can actually say, listen, I need so-and-so. For instance, we were putting together a radio station recently in North Carolina, and I said, listen, I need... Uh, a drawing of a squirrel listening to the radio using headphones. Boom. It sent me about five or six to choose from, a couple of them exactly what I wanted. Before, I would have had to have spent, you know, hundreds, a couple hundred dollars to an artist to do this. And then I started feeling a little guilty because I said, this is going to take away some artist's job. But you know what? In the end, you save money, you get what you want, you get it on time, so on and so forth. But the deep fakes... The lookalikes are not just entertainment or just being used as pitch people to sell things. We learn now that this doctored content is disrupting political situations. A few days before the election in Slovakia, an AI made audio clips featuring what sounded like one of the front runners to discuss plans to buy votes 
and double the price of beer? And guess what? That person lost their bid to become prime minister because of it, even though it was a fake. Which brings to mind what happens when someone with a deviant mind uses an AI to create a likeness of Vladimir Putin sending out a video to world leaders threatening a war and them taking him seriously like it's him doing it. And with Putin, how do you know it's not him doing it? Furthermore, what happens when someone has an AI look and sound like Joe Biden actually complete a sentence without the use of us and ahs and actually appear to be coherent in doing so. Of course, most of us would know that that one is fake, but hey, you just never know. And if they can do it to celebrities, there's a likeness of you on the internet somewhere. Someone can take a voice message from your phone, a photo of you, create a likeness of you, and have you say no telling what. I'm waiting for this to wind up in a divorce court sooner or later with some poor bloke sitting there saying, I promise you, honey, it was just somebody that looked like me. It wasn't me. In other words, I didn't do it. in one of them situations that seems to defy all reasonable explanation like a turtle on a fence post you ain't got a clue all you know is things don't look good and everybody's looking at you when it comes time to man up you know there's just one way look your accuser in the eye and say It wasn't me, what you thought you saw, you didn't see, must have been my double, or my evil twin, cause I didn't do it, and I'm never gonna do it again, when a little white line leaves you caught red handed, just say things are way too complicated to understand, it's too unbelievable to be true Besides, you wouldn't need an excuse Not if they trusted you The details may be sketchy But one thing's clear Things are really not as they appear Say I didn't do it It wasn't me What you thought you saw You didn't see Must have been my for my evil twin Cause I didn't do it And I'm never gonna do it again Yeah, it's your problem Even if it ain't your fault The only thing you did wrong Was to get caught When you get way more attention than you need Just remind them that perception ain't reality you thought you saw, you didn't see, must have been my double, or my evil twin, 
what you thought you saw You didn't see me Must have been my double My evil twin So we're up now to our number one sin of the week here on the Church of Common Sense and Brother Chuck's podcast ending October 7th, 2023. And the sin that occupies this top slot this week is the sin of laziness. And it involves our good friends in the media. Now let me preface this by saying, this is an industry from which I have made my living ever since I was 15 years old. I'm 65. So that's half a century that I've been around this industry. I have seen the good and the bad. Recently, I was having a conversation with someone and I said, you know, I've spent the last several years doing what I can, trying to save the radio industry. And it has occurred to me that it may not be an industry worth saving. Now, I'll pause there to say, obviously, I had second thoughts, and I still believe in the radio industry, even though you are listening to this on a podcast. And this is one of the reasons that I pontificated about possibly just getting out of the radio business altogether. Is it worth saving? Part of the reason that we are in the shape we are in today is the media. The arrogance of the media, the hypocrisy of the media, but probably most importantly, the laziness of the media. For instance, the other day, I was informed by someone that they had COVID. Yes, COVID is back. This latest strain supposedly just as serious as the strain that shut down the world in 2020. Why are we not hearing about it yet? Well, there's a very good reason. The media doesn't need it. The media has Travis and Taylor to talk about now. The media has other things to talk about. They don't need COVID. Now, around March, you know, they'll probably get to it because it can affect the outcome of the 2024 election, especially if uh, Trump manages to get the Republican nomination again, then it's COVID against COVID. You know, Joe cured it. Now Trump's going to, COVID's magically going to come back because of Don, Donald Trump. We both know that's not happening, but that's the way the media will play it. Why? Because quite frankly, the media is lazy. I've worked in all size markets in a half century of this business. And I can tell you that laziness spreads through this business like a cancer. Yet, some of the laziest people in the business continue to be employed. That may not be the case much longer, though, thanks to Elon Musk. 
But Elon Musk took over Twitter and since then has tried to rename it X. By the way, there's a challenging lawsuit about that. Immediately, he fired a bunch of people. Why? Because they were sitting around doing nothing but collecting a paycheck. There's a lot of that going on these days, in case you haven't noticed. Well, now Mr. Musk is down on the border, possibly calling out the mainstream media for not reporting on the immigration situation. Some of you may be going, what? There's still an immigration situation? There's always been an immigration situation. It never went away. It's worse now than it's ever been. The media simply stopped talking about it. Why? Because they're too lazy to go out and find something else to talk about that people care about. And they know if they just don't talk about it, many people will say, oh, I guess that situation down at the border righted itself. No, it is not. Did the immigration problem just disappear or did we just stop hearing about it? Is Elon Musk going to do the same thing for immigration that Taylor Swift did for the NFL Football League, the National Football League, restore people to thinking about it again? Possibly. You didn't hear very much about this, but the tech billionaire visited the Mexican border to get what he called an unfiltered look at the migration situation. People coming across the southern border Musk, putting on his black cowboy hat, traveled to Eagle Pass, Texas. Eagle Pass, Texas is a border pound, a border town, I should say, where there has been a surge in the number of migrants crossing the Rio Grande in the past couple of weeks. Have you heard about it? No. Why? Well, the media is lazy. It is what it is. They don't need to talk about this. They got Travis and Taylor to talk about right now. They don't need to talk about COVID. They got Travis and Taylor to talk about right now. Everybody's talking about Travis Taylor, Travis Taylor, Travis Taylor. Oh, the government shut down. Well, we got 45 more days before we have to deal with that. (laughs) Isn't that nice? Musk broadcast his experience on his own platform, the former Twitter now known as X, saying he was there to put eyes on the situation, or as he said, eyeball the situation meet with local officials in Eagle Pass, Texas, and law enforcement so he could get an unfiltered perspective on immigration and see exactly what was going on. In other words, what he basically is saying is he didn't trust what the media was telling or not telling him. Now, Musk himself can never be president. The reason, he admits he was born in South Africa, unlike the former president who didn't know whether he was born in Kenya or not. But Musk knows he can't be president, so he's got to go by other channels. He called for an overhaul of the immigration laws in the U.S., stressing that as an immigrant to the U.S. himself, he is very pro-immigrant, adding the country, though, needs to greatly expand its immigration system so as to let people in that are hardworking, honest, and want to contribute to the government, not just with a vote. He did call for the U.S. to block entry to people who are breaking the law, claiming that there's going to be a collapse in social services if the country doesn't do something. New York City, he said, is already buckling under the load right now. America's cities filling up with migrants, a record 200,000 illegal migrants, processed by Border Patrol in September alone. That's 200,000 in one month alone. Texas bust over 22,000 of them. To sanctuary cities, those cities 
D.C., Chicago, thank you, and New York City. Now, in response, the governor of New York has deployed over 2,000 National Guard troops, invested $50 million in migrant processing, and where's all that coming from? You wonder why we needed an overhaul of the budget and needed to kick the debt down the road? <laughs> well, guess what? One group of Republicans are rallying behind Kevin McCarthy's bill. He's a Republican in California demanding that any government funding bill include policy changes the Republicans say would secure the border. But McCarthy no longer speaks for his party. That's right. Kevin McCarthy is the casualty of the new, the first casualty, I should say, of the new extended 45-day budget. For the first time in U.S. history, a House speaker was removed from his post, and it was an inside job. McCarthy worked with Democrats to avoid a government shutdown, and a fraction of hard-right Republicans then pushed to oust him and did so. It only took 15 of them. So there you go. And a large part of it was they didn't want immigration to go unnoticed. So, who goes to the border? Elon Musk. Elon put it out on Twitter, and somebody in the newsroom said, oh, wow, there's a still a situation on the border. That's what I'm telling you about. The sin of laziness. The media is lazy. They are self-absorbed. They are arrogant, but mainly they are lazy. And that is the sin that occupies the number one slot in our countdown of the sins that will do you in for this week. Brother Chuck here from the pulpit of the Church of Common Sense. We can make anybody famous Or we can bring anyone down Make everyone's friend Get you run out of town We'll cover death and destruction We'll cover disasters and wars Make idols of some And help others to dance with the stars But since the days of just three channels Way back before the remote Been making up stories to make you tune in And helping poor people vote We got you right where we want you Believing in all that we say And you won't believe Just how much that we're raking in the media We helped get Obama elected Helped Oprah to start her own church Freed OJ from prison And put Donald Trump back to work save you from a recession We can save you on an automobile 
bill And I'll bet when it's all said and done That you think you've got one heck of a deal All since the days of 13 channels Way back before the remote We've been making up stories To make you tune in Helping poor people vote We got you right where we want you Believing in all that we say You won't believe Is how much that we're getting paid The media channels all control with one remote we're still making up stories to make you tune in and helping poor folks to vote we got you right where we want you believing in all that we say you won't believe where all the money goes to the media The media